if I can just say a few things uh, before we get into the ministry. First of all, can I just say what a fantastic lead the guys have brought to us this morning. How many of you know that God's presence is in this place? There's just something in, in the atmosphere of just life and lightness and joy and full of faith. And so thanks to Paul and the guys for leading us so well. I wonder if we could show our appreciation to them for doing that. And also... I'm just very, very aware that, you know, this time of year is extremely busy in the life of the church. I was just chatting to a head teacher and, of course, this is just coming into their busy season. And I said, it's exactly the same with us here. It's very, very busy. And it wouldn't be made possible without, without many of you just serve and give and help and just assist. And, you know, over the next uh, four weeks, five weeks, many, many services that's going to demand much more from you. And can I just say, before we even get there, thank you so much for all that you do. It wouldn't be, made, it, it wouldn't be possible without your, your commitment, your, your, your just enthusiasm that you bring. It's, we, we gladly serve, and uh, you gladly serve, and we're just very, very thankful and appreciative for you all. So I wonder if you could all give yourself a round of applause and just, you know, a great big... Th- if we're going to do it, let's do it properly, okay? Wonderful. So thank you for all your service. I don't know whether uh, Justice has, has yet come, come in. I know he's here with uh, a few of the children, um, but uh, it is our delight. We keep growing uh, by, uh, you know, natural birth as well. And it's a joy to be able to celebrate with Justice and Anne the birth of their little boy, uh, Jeremiah. Okay, Jeremiah. And that's wonderful. And also this week, we've also had another little boy. So those little girls like Bella and the like, they're going to have the pick of the bunch. Okay, because we've just got that many boys. But Dan and Emma, who aren't here today, and and, uh, they're part of the life of the church. They've also had a little boy as well this week. And they've called him Joel Forrest. So there we are. So we're, we're thrilled with them. And uh, we'll showcase them. I think the next time they have somebody, we, we're taking bets on, on what the middle name is going to be. You know, some people were talking about it being desert or mountain. And I said, I think they'll call it something rams, you know, forest and rams. But anyway, we'll, 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 we'll move on. So we're, we rejoice, don't we, with those who are um, having babies. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, Josh did a great job last week, just sharing God's word and, and just... Just a two-week series that we're working through at the moment um, called Make It Count. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go onto the podcast and just listen to it. And last week, he was just encouraging us to, in, in, in what Paul was leading us in with, was taking those cards and using them effectively to go and invite and to bring people over this Christmas time. They say that 86% of those that were surveyed were asked at Christmas time, if you was invited to church, would you come? And 86% said yes. That's huge. So many of your friends and family and neighbors, the likelihood is if you invite them, if you bring them, then they will come. He also encouraged us to just write down on a card three people who are the closest to us that we're going to pray for, that we're going to believe God to do something in them. We're going to invite them to come. And I'd encourage you to just take that card that you filled out. And if you'd like one of those cards to just fill out, you can get one on the door. And just use it as an opportunity, as a reminder. Listen, I'm going to take those cards. Like Paul said, he's got 16 guys in his office. You may only have one or two, but I'm going to invite somebody to come. 
But secondly, we're also mindful of the fact that we haven't just got to go and invite. If we're going to really make it count, we've also got to pray. And so it's my joy this morning to be able to just introduce the concept of, of how we pray, pray. I'm mindful in just this great number that's here today. There are some people who get prayer. They understand prayer. You've been in church for many years. You're a Christ follower. You understand how it works. But there's other people who are new to the journey of faith. And there's other people who aren't in faith. And you're trying to understand, make sense of, you talk about this prayer, Christian. Paul, you mentioned prayer. And what does that mean? And six guys going in and praying. How does that work? Well, it's my joy to just, for the next few moments, to just try and help us to understand. And my goal of this morning is to help you to understand what prayer is and how it works. And particularly how it works in this whole thought of making it count. How can we invite and bring and how can we pray? And what happens there? Well, in my belief, it's a double combination punch. Something happens when we pray. Something happens when we invite, we can't just invite without praying. And I think we're also best not to just pray without inviting. We need to do both. We need to do both. And while I think about it, for those who are relatively new to church and you really are trying to make sense of it, we just encourage you to, you know, just on the resource hub or as you wait, as you go out, there are some personal prayer guides. This will just help you in terms of, you know, developing a prayer life, uh, you know, a daily prayer life. If you'd like to take one, they're free. They're for you. The other thing we want to encourage you in is we've got some more prayer bands done. Pray first. We want to encourage you to pray first. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. You know, and very often it's, it's our last resort rather than our first response. And we want to encourage you to have these. Unfortunately, I was in the shower and I was just moving it and it, it broke. It was so old uh, when I had it on there. And it was a timely reminder for me, particularly on my right hand, that when I'm tempted to respond... Not literally, but you know what I mean. Inside you, you want to respond. There's that reminder there, pray first. Oh, really? Yeah, I did preach it. And we need to respond in prayer. And so we'd encourage you to take these resources uh, from us. And the other thing that I just want to lead us into, and we'll make mention of it again at the first Sunday of January, which is fast approaching. We, we call the church to a 21 days of prayer and fasting I really will minister into that on the 1st of January when we do church together, just to help us to understand what the whole dynamic of prayer and fasting is. But for those who have been part of this church for some time, you'll know this is probably, is it the third year that we've, that we've entered into this? We just encourage people, we don't coerce people, we don't force people. But for those who want to, can join with us for 21 days of prayer and fasting from the 2nd to the 22nd of January. And we just encourage you, it's on your seat. We'd encourage you if you're saying, yeah, count me in. I want to be part of that. It may be that you may fast just for one day during that week. It may be that you just say, look, I'm going to fast from meat. I'm going to fast from coffee. I'm going to fast from whatever it is. But I'm also going to pray as well during that time. I'd encourage you to sign in today. And uh, uh, when, when the offering containers pass by, you can drop it in the offering container or you can pass it to the resource hub. And it's really just a way of us measuring Who's in with us over that period? Okay, let's get to the ministry, shall we, of God's word. So, Father, we pray that as we just talk about prayer, it won't just be something that we talk about, but actually you'd lead us into with a high degree of energy and enthusiasm to actually pray. Realize that prayer is not just something that's one way. 
It's a, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation with you. We speak to you, and you speak to us. And you listen to us, and we listen to you. So in this moment, I pray that you would speak to us through the ministry of your word. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. I wonder how prayer is viewed in your life. There was a poll that was conducted by the Church of England. It was commissioned. And they actually uh, surveyed 2,000 people. That's quite a lot of people. And it was fairly recent because it was 2013. And this is what they found out. These are just the headline figures. But they found out that only 14 insist they would never resort to prayer. So only 14% said, no, we would never pray about problems in our life or in the world. That means to say there are 86% of people who are saying they would pray. This is not in the church. This is just in the general public. The other thing that it led on to, if we can just go to the next slide, is that perhaps significantly, we often say teenagers and, and early 20s, they get a bit of bad press, but they emerged as less likely to reject prayer than their parents' generation, interestingly. Because only 9% of those aged 16 to 24 said they would never pray. That means to say 91% of 16 to 24s are saying they would actually pray. Now whatever that looks like, but they would actually pray to God. These are some of the things that they said they would pray for. 31% pray for peace in the world. 27% And then to poverty, 27% cited family members. 15% prayed for guidance or for healing for themselves. 15 to cope with stress in their lives. Interestingly, 10% said they would pray for forgiveness. The point that I'm wanting to make is this. We often hear that people are far away from God and separated from God And actually, the next thing is a lie. People have no thought of God. And I want to say that is a complete lie. People are searching. The Bible actually records that he's placed eternity in the hearts of men and women. They don't understand what they're looking for. And you might be here today and you're trying to make sense of your life. You're trying to figure it out. This is a great place for you to be. And we will give you the space and the time to figure it out. But what I want to say to you is this, is God is reaching out to you. And what I understand when I talk to people is actually people are reaching out to God. They're trying to make sense of their lives. They're trying to figure out what is it that their life, to give, what will give meaning and purpose to their lives. The problem is, though, is with regards to prayer, we've, we've almost, the church have not helped God and not, we've not helped ourselves because we've almost prom- promoted it like that you've got to be a, spiritual ninja to pray. And only the spiritual fittest can actually yeah, yeah, okay. Can pray. Or the other side to it is we have to be this very holy quiet kind of spiritual monk, nun. And by the way, I pray with a group of nuns. I haven't done it as much this year as I would like, but there's a convent nearby and just pray in that environment. It's wonderful. But that's what we've brought it down to. And people can't, 
can't even figure out the why to how does it all what are we doing anybody out there know what I'm talking about you just how does this work I'm praying to someone that I can't see how does that work does he really listen? These are some of the things that people are asking in this day and age. So I actually believe the statistics tell us that people are actually praying and searching. So I think we're on the cusp of our greatest opportunity here in the UK. I'm glad there's about three of you believe that. I do with all my heart. I believe that God is wanting to raise a group of people who will pray and will reach out to him. And Arena is one of those communities. And as we begin to pray and call out to God and we understand prayer and we cut through all the nonsense of things that we've heard about prayer. And as we pray simply and honestly, then God will hear our prayers and God will begin to do something amazing in this nation of ours. Can I hear a great big amen? So if we want to understand prayer, I think the best thing we should do is actually look at the words of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, if you've got your device, or if you've not got any of those things, it's going to come on the screens. Because I want to turn your attention to Matthew in chapter 6. Matthew in chapter 6, and we're going to begin at verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Just notice the first line. This is Jesus speaking. This then is how you should pray. Let's just stop there for a moment. Not, no, so basically what he's doing, he's encouraging. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, he's really addressing some of the nonsense around the religious people at that time because there were people who were expressing themselves as spiritual ninjas with words And they were babbling on. Jesus says, Lord, you're babbling on. Don't be like those who babble on with long words and loud voices on the street corner for everybody to hear. That's not how you should pray. This is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. So I think we do well to look at how Jesus is encouraging us how to pray. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today. Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, our sins, those things that we've done wrong. As we also have been forgiven of our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Go to verse 14. I think we've missed something there. For if you, it says there, for if you forgive other people. When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Simply what I want to do, using these verses as the basis for the message, and I want you to just stay with me this morning. I just want to understand a number of things. First of all, I want to just talk about the principles of prayer. What are, we could use another word, the practices of prayer. How are we meant to do it? Well, we see here that Jesus is encouraging us around a number of things. First of all, I believe that we need to understand that if we are going to pray, we need to come humbly and thankfully. We need to come humbly and we need to come thankfully. You'll notice that the first line of what Jesus is encouraging the, the, the hearers to do, he's saying, when you pray, this is how you should do it. Our Father... In heaven, hallowed 
be your name. What he's basically saying is, the first priority is remembering who you're praying to. You're praying to God, your Father. He is to be honored. He is to be adored. You come humbly before God. But you also come thankfully. Hallowed be your name. Praised be your name. It's an important thing that if you're learning how to pray, the practice of prayer, I'd encourage you to just come humbly as you are and to come thankfully to God. You know, some people don't approach God humbly. They approach arrogantly and they expect God to hear them. God will not respond to arrogance in any shape or form. He responds to the humility of our hearts that says, actually, God, we can't do this, but you can. And we recognize you are in control of our lives. And we may not understand all this, but God, we simply come and we come with gratefulness and thankfulness. You know, some people come with shopping list prayers, and yet we're encouraged to come thankfully. I honestly believe with all my heart the best way that we can approach prayer is to come. Of course, there are requests that we need to present, but let's not that be the first thing. I don't like, you know, if my kids get up, the first thing that they say in the morning is, Dad, can I have? I'd rather them say, good morning, Dad. Give me a kiss. How you doing? You doing do you have a good night's sleep? Yeah, I did. And then if they want to say, Dad, you know that thing that we talked about? That just feels a little bit easier. Yeah? It's the same with God. It's the same with God. I think we need to be careful that we don't just come with shopping list prayers. Let's come thankfully. And in fact, the Bible records this. In Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says this. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking, praise, thank him, worship him. We need to come humbly and thankfully. But secondly, we need to come simply and honestly. Simply and honestly. Matthew 6, verse 6, in the message, we've read it together. He says, this is what I want you to do, is what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. This focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Jesus is basically saying, guys, when you come, don't come with fancy words. You don't need them. Just come as you are. And those who have been in church for many, many years, we have to really guard ourselves against this because I can find myself using words that I wouldn't normally use with anybody or anything. And all God wants to do is just hear us simply and honestly come before Him. So you may say, Christian, is that right? So I can come so honestly if I'm really frustrated? I'm even discouraged. I may be even angry. Yeah, absolutely. I'd encourage you. To read the Psalms. There's a man there by the name of David. My goodness. Anybody ever read the Psalms? He's so ticked off at times, isn't he? With himself, with those around him, with God. He pours his heart out before God. See, God is big enough to hear the frustration of our hearts. He is, you know. You just have to come simply and you have to come honestly. Don't come with highfalutin, overcomplicated prayers. You know, pray as you can, not as others are doing. You know, some people, when they pray, you're a sitter, you're a kneeler, you sit in quiet. I have talked about this before because Caroline will get up very early in the morning before me and the uh, devotion is there and you wouldn't even know. I mean, she's quiet anyway. I often 
joke about her being like a field mouse. Beep, beep, beep. She's so quiet, so quietly spoken. And of course, I'm a booming voice. That's how Caroline approaches God in the morning. It's just very quiet. You wouldn't hear anything. She's just quietly pouring her heart out before God. She prays much more than, if I can say this, than I would. She's a, you, you have a, a praying lady here. She prays. She prays for you. She prays for me. She prays for all kinds of things. Me, I'm the complete opposite. There's a bit of vocality at times. I mean, sometimes I'm quiet, but there's a bit more, you know, I'm a bit. But what I'm not trying to do is say, Caroline, that's not how you should pray. You've got to pray like this. No, I recognize that God uses our personalities. So pray as you can, not as others are doing. If you're a sitter, you sit. If you're a walker, you're, you walk. If you're quiet, you stay quiet. If you're a bit vocal, you get even more vocal. All I'd ask you to do is just pour your heart out before the Lord. Take time to speak and take time to listen. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. So that is why we need to just take time to say, okay, okay God, I've said what I needed to say. Now you just say what you need to say. And by the way, prayer is simply God talking to us. And there's just an impression in your heart. It may be as you read the Bible. It may be as you read a just this Christian book that something just smacks you in your face. Have you ever had that environment? It's like, wow, I've never seen that before. I've read it a million times. But that's God. It's God just speaking to you. Take time to speak. Take time to listen. Just come honestly. Just come simply. And the third thing that we need to know is this, that we need to come in forgiveness. Oh, not the F word. No, not that F word. Forgiveness? Really? Let's read what the Bible says. Matthew 6 verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Yes, you have read that right. And in fact, Mark 11 verse 25 says this, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Listen to me, my friend. Listen to, to me, church people. Listen to me, Christ followers. Looking, listen to me, those who are on a journey to faith. If we want to experience the fullness of God, if we want to experience answers to our prayers, we need to understand the F word, which is called forgiveness. People hurt us. People abuse us. People wrongly accuse us. People say all kinds of things against us. But our response is the same response as Jesus which is we forgive them. And if we will forgive them, and if we will release forgiveness to others, and if we will ask for His forgiveness, so as we approach God, God, I am sorry for the things that I've done wrong today. I am sorry. And at the end of this message, I'm going to encourage people who've never prayed a prayer of forgiveness to God. You may say, God, I need you in my life. I want you to be Lord and Master of my heart. Then it simply starts with a prayer of forgiveness. God, forgive me for the things that I have done wrong. I want to tell you that when you come before God with forgiveness and when you release forgiveness to others, my goodness, the Bible says that God will answer our prayers. 
if we will not release forgiveness to others, we are bound by bitterness and our prayers will remain unanswered. So there are principles in prayer, but there's other two things that I just want to say, if I may, just quickly, because I think it's important to say this because I could make it sound like you pray a prayer and then God answers it. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it does, but other times we've got to learn to persist in prayer. Oh, has any of you got a persistent child? Give me a wave. If you've got a persistent grandchild, give me a wave. If you've ever had a persistent child or grandchild... Husbands, if you dare, put your hand up if you've got a persistent wife. No, don't put your hands up. You'll be in trouble. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Those who are persistent, they just wear you down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To the point where you just say, for goodness sake, you can have your ice cream. There's so many examples of people who persisted in prayer. We haven't got time to go through them, but there was a lady called Hannah, and she couldn't conceive with her husband. She was desperate for a child. And she, with lament, and she just poured out her heart to God, and she persisted. And actually, the prophet thought she was drunk. And she says, I'm not drunk. I'm just desperate for a child. And he says, this you know, time, you'll be with child. She persisted. There was... Trouble in the land, in the nation, and boy, do we need some people at this moment, and thank God for people in this nation, prayer centers, that are calling out to God, and that is their ministry. They call out to God on behalf of the nation, because the nation is in trouble, and there was a nation that was in trouble in the Bible, and Daniel was one of the chief government officials in Babylon, and he poured his heart out for God and persisted in prayer, and he got a breakthrough. As he persisted in prayer. I could tell you so many examples in the Bible where people have had to persist in prayer. In fact, Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus tells a story and this is what he says. The message Jesus told them was a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray constantly and never quit. And the story was about a widow who was going before a judge. And he wasn't a particular good judge. In fact, he didn't care the Bible records. It's a story. But she persistently went before the judge. Persistently. And as a result of her persistence, the judge finally gave in, caved in and says, Lord, I'll just give you what you've asked for. And he was basically using that as an example. If we want to see breakthroughs, we need to persist in prayer. Some of the friends that you're going to invite to church... Over Christmas, they're not going to come. I'd encourage you to keep persisting. Some of those family members, that son, that daughter, that grandchild, they're not going to come. But I want you to keep persisting in prayer. I want you to keep persisting in showing the love of Jesus. I want you to keep persisting in inviting them to come. Listen, don't quit now. This is no time to quit. I once heard one preacher say, you know, once you quit, that's it. And you may be just one step away from your breakthrough. That always inspires me, Paul. I think there's no way I'm quitting now. If I've been going this long, I'm going to keep going in for a penny, in for a pound. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to quit now. I've been at this this long. I'm going to keep going. By the way, that's why we're still here. We're going to keep going in Jesus' name. In Ilkeston and Mansfield and beyond in this area, we're going to keep pressing through, believing for a mighty outbreak of the Spirit in Jesus' name. So we need to persist in prayer very quickly. 
Not only are there some practice of prayer, not only are persisting in prayer, but the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Let me just take you. And again, I could cite many examples of the power of prayer. Paul didn't know what I was preaching into this morning, but what a great example of the power of prayer. A man who was dying up from his deathbed with the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. And Jesus encourages us through his prayer to say, listen, there are some practices that I want you to understand and you need to persist in prayer, but I also want you to understand this power in the prayer. Verse 9 reads, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, we've already read it, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's incredible power in this prayer. I want to tell you, because in this prayer we have deliverance. In this prayer we have provision. It's all there. Daily bread. Deliver us from the evil one. There's power in this prayer. But I want to take it to a point of not just praying for the power of God to be released externally, but I also believe that Jesus was teaching us the power of this prayer because our prayers do have power to change situations. God does here. But listen, we miss something significant if we just are focusing on the external because our prayers change us internal. The power of prayers. You know, as I've been praying through things for externals, I've realized that actually it's not about the external, it's about what God's doing internally in me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm getting changed. I'm getting soft. God's doing a deeper work in me. It's actually not about that situation. He's using that situation to change me. This is the power of prayer. Prayer doesn't just change externals, but it also changes internals. You know, through prayer, I'm filled with greater gratitude. Through prayer, I'm filled with greater humility. Through prayer, I'm able to release forgiveness where I don't want to release forgiveness. The power of prayer. As we pray and as we call out to God, there is power. And some of you are going to get some great miracles as you pray, as you simply come and honestly come and you come with forgiveness and you come thankfully and joyfully and with humility, God's going to do something amazing very quickly. But for others, you're going to have to persist. But I don't want you to miss in that instant or in that journey the power of what God is doing in you and through you. As we think about bringing, inviting people, let's pray. Let's pray over those invitation cards. Let's pray for people to come. Let's pray for every chair to be filled. Christina will be a nightmare, but let's pray that we need more chairs, more chairs, more chairs. Both here in Ilkeston and in Mansfield, more chairs. People coming under good news. You know, you know I, I'd be a bit nervous if I th- thought we hadn't got good news to bring people into, but I want to tell you we've got good news. It's great news. People want to have a change of life. It comes through Jesus. It doesn't come through any other thing. It comes through Jesus. It's good news. That's why I'm absolutely confident that when they come and when you can invite them, we will, we will bring that message with good news, with a lightness. It's great news, guys. We're carrying good news to the world. A Savior has been born who then hung upon his cross and his name is Jesus. <laughs> but it would be a bit of a miss of me, and I know time's gone, 
as we talk about prayer, because I felt very challenged by this. I'll only take just a couple of moments. Because practice of prayer and persistence in prayer and the power of prayer. But what about unanswered prayers? This is a whole message in itself, and probably I think we'll look at this in the new year. Unanswered prayers. I love what I get to do every single day. It is a joy and always a privilege. But the greatest challenge is, I love celebrating new birth of babies and weddings and job things and holidays and the stuff that happens in your life. Great-grandchildren. But I want to tell you the pain that I feel when you're going through stuff. When things happen, and you think, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why hasn't this worked out for me? We're standing on your word, God. I'm talking about loved ones that you're losing and sons and daughters that are lost. Redundancy. The stuff of life. And I find, I find myself so inadequate. I'm sorry if I can't give much more to you. Unanswered prayers. With unanswered prayers, here's just a few things that I just hopefully will help you. Because we need to look at it next year. You know, when God doesn't answer my prayers, how I need Him to. I now stop and think, God, is this something that you want to do inward in me? I read something recently, so helpful for this. Because actually there are some things that are happening inward that can stop the answer of prayer. James 1 talks about doubt. can stop prayers being answered. 1 Peter 3, verse 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about if our relationships are not good with our wives, then it can stop prayers being answered. If we come with impure motives, James chapter 4, it can stop God answering our prayers. And the other thing is, which is really moving, and it's a favorite chapter of mine in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, it talks about that we're not concerned deeply with the poor, and that can actually stop our prayers being answered. Listen, what I'm saying to you is, Prayers aren't being answered. We have to take an internal look of what's happening in us. But secondly, what I realize about unanswered prayers is some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I want to tell you, there's many things that I've been praying for, but as I've moved on in through life and as I've looked back, I've said to myself, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Thank you, God, for not answering that prayer. See, God is higher than us. The Bible says that His ways are not our ways. That His thoughts are not our thoughts. As Christ followers, we trust God in the midst of unanswered prayers. Because what God is wanting to do in us is sometimes as important, on some occasions more important, 
but in what he's doing outside of us. I simply want to encourage us to keep praying. May prayer be our first response, not our last resort. May we keep praying. May we keep persisting in prayer. May we keep declaring the power of prayer. May we keep gathering on Tuesday mornings. May we keep coming on first Tuesdays. May we keep coming in our staff times and times of small groups to pray. May we pray for one another and encourage one another. As I conclude, there's two things I want to say. Some of you... I don't want to not give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus for forgiveness. Some of you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You may say, Christian, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. But he does. Let me tell you, there's Bible characters in here who were murderers, adulterers. There were loads of nonsense. Read the Bible. And God received them. Doesn't matter whether you come from a good background or bad background. God loves you. While every eyes closed, I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment. I don't want to prolong this particular point, but if you say, Christian, would you pray for me? Because I want to receive the forgiveness from God the Father. I want to know what it is to feel all my weight gone and just free. And it's that's where it starts. It's not gonna end there. It's just the start point, guys. Some of you have been in that much nonsense. It's gonna take some months and possibly even years for God to just unravel some of this but it's the start point you've got to start this is the start point by calling out to God say God I need you if there's somebody today says this is my prayer Christian I want to receive the forgiveness of the father just raise your hand where you are now very quickly raise your hand now where you are just raise your hand up I'll see it thank you thank you anybody else today you say yes I want to respond to Jesus I want to receive his forgiveness and I mean it with all my heart. Is there anybody else today who says yes to Jesus? Father, I thank you for these two people who've just lifted their hands in response to you. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them with your love and you would forgive them. Thank you. Your word declares that as we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to wash us clean. I pray that you'd wash these people clean from whatever they've been involved in. Lord, you'd give them a brand new start, that this would be the start of a journey of following you. In Jesus' name. Just before we move on very quickly, I just felt compelled. Listen, some of you need God to do something amazing in your life or in a family member. And I just got that whole thought of you just need to encourage the people to stand in prayer. If you're standing on behalf of somebody, if you're standing on behalf of yourself, a husband, a wife, a child, a situation, whatever it may be, I wonder if you just very quickly stand to your feet if there is people saying, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I knew there'd be many, many people. Just stand where you are and we're going to pray. I want to encourage you now. Come on, let's set an atmosphere of just worshiping God. Just reach out to God. Those who are Christ followers, just reach out to God. If you stood, you just reach your hands to heaven as a sign, God, I'm in need of you. I'm going to pray in a moment. And so, Father, across this congregation, there are people who are stood. Oh, we're in need of prayer. We're standing in the need of prayer. We're asking you to do something immeasurable in people's lives, in a situation, in a loved one, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, whatever it may be. And God, I just pray as we just simply come and just pour our hearts before you, that you would do something in us, 
and you will do something through us. Some of you need a, a dose an anointing of tenacity and resilience because you're about to quit. God's pouring it in now. Resilience and tenacity and perseverance to keep praying like that woman in that story. Keep badgering the judge saying, God, will you keep doing it? Will you do it? Will you do it? And God's going to bring an almighty breakthrough in Jesus' name. And God, in the midst of those unanswered prayers, there are people who are stuck with prayers that remain unanswered. They've lost loved ones. They've lost something that was dear to them. In the midst of unanswered prayers, I pray God again that you would do something in us and through us. And Lord, that our confidence, our conviction, our security would be found in you and you would do a deep work in every one of our hearts. Lord, we pray over this Christmas time. We pray for men and women, boys and girls, young people, our friends, our loved ones, our family, to come and to hear good news. And we leave the rest to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. And everybody said together. And everybody said together. Amen.